You're listening to The Big Punk Show with, with Jamie and Kyle. Kyle and Jamie. And it hello. is the... Hello. It is the 12th of April today, which means it is the first day of this decade where it has been both mine and Kyle's birthdays have happened, which is a sentence I said last night. It didn't make sense then. doesn't make sense now. So, birthday... Kyle, first of all, happy birthday. You're having a nice birthday. Thanks, yes. Lovely. What, what have you done so far at four o'clock? Uh, we did some great exercise earlier. We did? Full, uh, full arm workout. We did. And then uh, I've just been studying since then. And now you might be sat at home if you're listening in 2022 and everything's fine and you can go outside. You might be thinking, well, well Kyle, that sounds like a shit boring birthday. Well, you're wrong because we've now both, me and Kyle, have experienced birthdays within the quarantine. And I think this is quite an interesting thing because on the 10th of April, we didn't do anything, did we? No. We went for a big walk. That was very nice. I enjoyed that. But we didn't really do anything. It was just sort of a birthday. It was just like any other day in quarantine. But very interestingly, Kyle, it is a birthday I will never forget. Why is that? Because it will be the... I hope it will be the only year I spend my birthday in quarantine during a global pandemic. Yeah. And it will just be a funny... You hope. I really hope as well. I really hope so, yeah. It will be a funny story to tell, though, wouldn't it? Yeah. What were you doing in quarantine? It was my birthday. Yeah, it was my birthday for the entirety of April because I'm an Aries <laughs> and I deserve it. At least the sun came up for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and to be fair, that walk was good. Well, that's been like that walk. Like, I, don't, I mean, it's, it sounds daft, doesn't it? Actually, but when you settling down to the circumstances of what quarantine is, the one walk a day is a fucking high point of the day. Normally, that mm. that's an absolute highlight. Gets us nice and tired for the evening as yeah. well. It really blows off the cobwebs of kind of being sat inside. Mm. And you just sort of wake up and you're like, oh, yeah, there is an outside world. It's still Stuff is still going on and uh, everything is mostly fine. Uh, so it's nice. It's a nice little break from the, the quarantine. Because you feel like you're not in it, despite the fact it's super, like, oh, my God, Manchester City Centre was very quiet. I, I don't know. It's interesting, that, because I do feel like... Yeah, you I, do feel, but... I feel very... Uh, I just feel very weird being outside now. Yeah. Like but, it's a, like it's almost like a, a an endurance test or something. I'm very like I'm very like alert. Mm. Very like, mm, what's going to happen? It might just be Call of Duty that. All <laughs> <laughs> the weed. Making sure that you don't uh, lose your kill streak. <laughs> exactly. Uh, lose my smile, thank you, Kyle. Oh right, yeah. So over the so over the course of this 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 bank holiday weekend. You might not be celebrating a birthday. You might be. You might just be fucking gutted that you can't celebrate Jesus coming back out to life from an egg or whatever it is that happened. You might just be feeling a little bit down. But I really think, actually, I've managed to take something quite good for my birthday because for my birthday, I normally don't do much. In the past, I've done stuff. I've gone out or whatever. And there's just quite a lot of pressure to have a good time and those are never good nights. Or never for me anyway. When I need to go out, I don't. I always end up just going. Oh, I just want to go home now. Mm-hmm. So like last year, obviously, we just recorded the album. I was like, sorted. That's what I'll do for my birthday. This year, we were meta tour it. Mm. So you know, I'm sort of that is doing something with your birthday. But for me, it's not that kind of counts as not doing anything because it's like, oh, my birthday will just happen while I'm doing something I really enjoy, which right. is, which to me is really nice. Like I just want my birthday to happen. I just want to have a good day. I don't need to do anything to have a good day necessarily. And that's what I realised on my birthday. 
was that as much as I, I was gutted, like really gutted that it wasn't the first day of tour, and, you know, I live my life being like, you know, gigging in that, very pivot, very pivotal to my happiness, very vital to my happiness. But what I realised is I actually... I'm able to have an incredibly fucking lovely day just from very, very... And I know this might sound a bit, you know, daft, but it's a nice thing to realise, just like, I just had a fucking... Such a nice day just doing nothing. Mm. Just like speaking to me nan, you know, speaking to me mum, hanging out with you. You know, just like... It was just nice, that. It was just, just, it's like simple pleasures kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty much. But this this is, a, I think, quite an interesting one because everyone's got a bit of a different view on this. And you don't really... I've never really had this conversation with someone, at least not of all you. What does a birthday mean to you? How are you, how are you? I want you to tell me how you were brought up with a birthday being, what birthdays were like when you were a kid and what they mean to you because of that. Uh, mostly, I think the, the thing that pops to mind is family, like just straight away. Birthdays mean, you know, you spend time with your family. Okay. Whether that means sort of adopted family, if you know what I mean, like people you've picked up in your along, you know, journey in life and you see them as family. Yeah. Or yeah. whether it's your birth family, whichever one, it's spending time with people that you class. Yeah. yeah. That's like the most important thing for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and my upbringing certainly um, kind of fostered that because I always spend time with my family on my birthday. Then you get a little bit older and you start going out and being cheeky and drinking. But then as you get older still, you sort of like grow tired of that in a way. Yeah. And then you like want you recess back into wanting to spend time with family and just kind of forgetting about the pressures of modern world for just a day. Uh, Yeah. So I can totally get behind that. Um, Family, when when you first said family, I thought you meant like immediate family. And for me, that's Christmas, that. Mm -hmm. But for uh, birthdays... New Year's Eve, I've spent on my own a few times. I've done a fact, unfortunately. Last year I did. Yeah, yeah. New Year's Eve is a piece of piss to do on your own. I've done it many times. I'm not that arsed. New Year's Eve, I can. Uh, New Year's Eve, I can't actually. Fu- I can. I can't be fucking arsed with New Year's <laughs> Eve. If I'm being honest, in I can't. the city, I imagine it's. I've never done New Year's Mate, Eve in the city. Do you, know, do you know what? If people who go out on New Year's Eve are like. They're just like another level of enjoying going out. They enjoy going out on a different level to what I do. Because mm. for me, it's about it is about company than people who you spend like you know. It's a it's about that family you grow yourself, and that's fucking like for me. Yesterday, just sort of you were just about all day, and we were just sort of being as we were daft and stupid, mm-hmm. and not uh, not arguing despite being a married couple, Hasty. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> Keep your rotten hands off me, fella. <laughs> uh, <laughs> lovely hands, I'm sure. Um, and, um, yeah, so it's like... <laughs> so, yeah, for me, very much, like, it was just lo- It was just lovely to spend my birthday with you. But what, what, like, what else does a birthday mean to you? What would you do when you were... What did you do when you were younger? Because you say about spending it with your mum and that. What would your mum do for you? Always the first thing she would do the night before is just say, what do you want to eat? For your birthday. Classic your mum. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you want? Feed. Yeah, what do you want? What do you want to eat? And every single time the response would be like a spaghetti bolognese. Something just akin to that. Something tomato way. Yeah, exactly. Today it's beans. Beans with a grilled cheese. Dip it in. I'll make, I'll make that. I'll make yeah, it. And a, uh, a cheese toasty in a, in a cup of beans. <laughs> <laughs> never, never use a cheese toasty as a spoon in a cup of beans. In a spoon. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, so uh, sort of food is a, is another big thing. Family and food is, a, yeah, definitely food. Oh, God. What's the, is there a significance to you in ageing? What do you mean? Like, is there a... Do you find, like... Sp- do you find your birthday significant in any way? Other than it... Or is it, like... So, other than it just being, like, a nice day where people are a bit nicer to you... <laughs> yeah. Do you, is there anything... Does it hold any significant value to you, that? Yeah, I mean, it's like another sort of uh, tick on the on the hands of time, isn't it? Mm. It's like a... And, yeah. and then it just slowly it ticks on and on and on. And you're just really reminded of that. And so it's like a time to sort of reflect and yeah. may, maybe maybe reflect a little too much sometimes. And, yes. But, yeah. but it's a time to look back and think, okay, take stock, kind of, what have I done? Where am I going? And all this stuff. Because it's just a reminder of the fact that, you know, you come on, what are you doing? It's your New Year's Eve, isn't it? It's not, do you know what I mean? It's your New Year's, it's your actual New Year's Day. Yeah. I was born in April. Yeah. The year, a year for me is April. It's April yeah. till April. The, the tax year. It is, yeah. Well, there we go. <laughs> That's why they call me Money Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> what a nickname. Why am I not a boxer? That's right, pathetically weak. But yeah, I, I, um, I like to reflect on a birthday. I, the year's like, it's not, um, it's not significant to me. Like, a year, like, uh, sorry, rather having a birthday is not significant to me. But the shit I've done for my year is, I find it very important to look at who I am as a like person in that year. Mm-hmm. Sort of see what I've, and see like how I've, and then you kind of sit and you think back. And I don't know, like, I mean, my birthdays are quite sort of laid back because because I like doing a bit of a think. I like mm-hmm. having a bit of a, just a quick, like, all right, yeah. Because some, like, for me, I won't, a lot of people will say, like, oh, 2019, it was shit that year. But for me, I'm, like, 23 the age. So I'm, like, all right. Oh, yeah, what? that's true, actually, yeah. So I'm, like, what's pissed me off while I've been 23? What have I, what have I done that's, like, made that made me not have as good a year as I could have had? And then it's just, and then you know, it's just trying to implement it, I suppose. But yeah, that is quite, that is that, that that's a that's a lovely point to make, Kyle. Yeah. So uh, I mean, I can't really remember a lot of the birthdays when I was younger. Uh, the earliest one I remember was like a a pirate themed party. And if anybody remembers Playmobil, which was like Lego, but uh, not really. Uh, my mum made like a cake that had like a fort, like a castle on it. And there was pirates storming the, uh, this castle. And they had like green frosting for the grass and there were little Playmobil she made pirates. That, one, it's grass. Two, Sorry. she made she made that, what, out of like icing and shit? Yeah, That's icing incredible. and the, um, uh, whatever the, the, oh yeah, icing, yeah, 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 icing. Sugar icing. That's very impressive, that. Yeah. Um, and then to be honest, like a lot of the time, and then I started really getting into video games. So a lot of the time I'd get a new game for my birthday. Not like a, yeah. one I'll be looking forward to. Like I remember once it was Final Fantasy XII for the PS2. Great game. Uh, World of Warcraft and subscription and all this stuff. So I'd just spend it playing it. Spend yeah. my birthday playing yeah, the yeah. game. Um, and then I started getting a little older. And instead of just sort of, and I, you know, you start drinking. And I had one birthday where I didn't... I had I was being quite like a teenagery about it, and I was like, no, I don't want to do anything. It's fine. I don't do anything. Um, and my girlfriend at the time uh, 
organized like all my mates to come to the our local pub and i walked in with her we were just going for a quiet drink and they all just turn up or they're already there and the light flicks on they're like Way! and i just that's just like stained onto my memory not stained but you know burnt brightly onto my oh, memory yeah, yeah. yeah it's just like that it captured like an emotion of like you know family but not birth family it's sort of like you know your adopted family in a way that's lovely that um and then after you just sort of forget you just get your mates together go to go to the pub i like a simple birthday i don't like being the center of attention and like having throwing a big you know with a fucking gazebo and all that stuff i'm not a fan i just want to close friends have a drink maybe 10 and then just fall asleep happy i i wouldn't want that the closest i would get to that is when we headlined yes in manchester that is what I imagine it's like having a birthday or a wedding when there's about 100 cunts there to see you who all know you separately. Because mm-hmm. that gig was predominantly filled with people we were mates with, but everyone knows each other separately. So you want you feel rude not chatting to your mates, but you simply can't chat to all of them in one go. <laughs> Very weird environment that to have your mates at. Yeah. And that's how I, I would feel. Yeah, that's how I would feel about a birthday. I'd be like... I, just, I don't know, because I feel way I feel weird going to people's birthdays when there's a lot of people there that I don't know. Because mm. it's just like, right, okay, how many times am I going to get asked how I know, so if it were you, how many times am I going to get asked how I know a Kyle? Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, don't really. I've just tagged along with Mike. It's Mike's mates. Mike's got all the friends. I don't really have any friends. So, yeah. Other than me and Mike, who would do radio with? So it's all right. Um, so I suppose your colleagues, not really friends, are you? <laughs> wow. <laughs> so you are to me, Kyle. You're in this flat to be a colleague. Do I get paid? No. Right. No. We that's used, slavery. We, we used to get paid. That's not colleague. We, that's we, not work colleague. That's slavery. It's not. We used to we used to get paid when it was a radio show. But mm. no one listened to the radio show. Mm. No. But it went on for a year. I know, I know. Bless. Bless. It was a good year as well. We enjoyed that very much. Yes. Twenty twenty three. What? Twenty three. Twenty three. When you how old you were? I was twenty two when it started. Alright, yeah. It was a good year. It was a good year capped off by that as well, actually. Mm, a nice little end. I don't know where we started the Big Punk show with uh, with Mike and Jamie. I think a Big Punk show with Mike and Jamie highlight reel episode over the COVID time might come in handy, but I've just realised how hard that would be for me to edit. So It's a lot of hours of listening. It's a lot of hours of listening. and To yourself. To, uh, I'm obviously not asked about that. That's true, actually. Yeah. I, listen, I, I always listen to the shows back. Oh, right. I always listen to them back once. I can only listen to them... But I'd be interested. I did. I'd be interested to know if other people who did like radio shows and podcasts listen to them back. So I don't. Craig Charles listens to his back. Probably not anymore. He might have when he when, when he, he started. started I'll have to yeah. just fucking knock on the door. And I'm two meters. Can't go and ask him. Nope. Can't go and ask him. Shout at him. Probably you a bit rude. Because bands listen to themselves. Yes. If they don't, the weird. If you do, I, I, if any band is like says they don't listen to their own band, for me that's very weird because I'm I make music that I really want to listen to. You'd want to you want to check that it's okay, right? Like once it's the album's out and stuff. Uh, no, nah, you do do that. Yeah. But I mean, like after oh, right. it's come out, because I I I'll, I'll put I put a bit of salad on everything. Not Roach, I don't listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> but I did when it first came out when we first made Roach. You couldn't believe we'd made that. I've listened to it all the time. Just like I can't believe I've made this. It's just an album I've made. It's cool. It's like Dirtmore when we got dirt when I got Dirtmore back. I was like fucking hell. I was like I can't believe it. This sounds how I want it to sound. It's nice that, and it's like, oh shit! And I've like made a bit of music that I can listen to that I like. Don't matter if anyone else likes it; I fucking like it. It does just sound like all my favorite bands. In fairness, <laughs> it's like a, it's like a now that's what I call music of my music taste. Now that's what I call Monroe. 
Oh, there's money in, money Monroe. Now that's why I call Monroe. There's so many ideas, and if only the BBC was open and I could pitch him. If only. If just only. running with all these scraps of paper. <laughs> like Alex Jones when he's got the documents. <laughs> just, they're just flying around. You're just like, take them, take them. What was the Alex Jones film we watched? Oh, I was like, Are You Practicing Communism? Right, we watched another Alex Jones film because we thought it might be funny. We watched Are You Practicing Communism? I would recommend going and watching it on YouTube immediately, but only for the intro. Yeah. The intro of that film made me think it was going to be the funniest film I'd ever watched in my life because the picture used for it, the artwork, is like made on like fucking Microsoft Paint, in like Windows 98 Paint. And it just says, are you practising communism with a few hammering shekels? Uh, hammering shekels? Hammering sickle. It's funny, actually. Repa- replacing the sickle with a coin, sort of. Yeah, I'm in a big coin there, sort of, would be f- just, just defeat the point of it, really. But are you practising communism? I thought what it would be would be Alex Jones sort of rattling out of his mind, paranoid and afraid, going through, like, it'd be, like, very, like infomercially being like are you practicing communism and being like and he'd like tell you things that you do in society that's communistic i had all these whimsical ideas and i just thought i was like i'm in for the funniest film of my life here i'm in for i'm in for something really special and it was just like his other fucking films it was just him talking about nonsense going on in his state that has pissed him off he was Literally, the film was basically some cunt had got a fine because the grass in the garden was too long. So he went to the governor, like the state governor's house, who had a arguably worse garden, but I think the garden looked a lot nicer. And it was just him fucking kicking off saying there's no justice. What, because the, the governor's garden was really overgrown? Yeah. And it's like you have to keep your grass cut to a certain level. And it's like... All right, I see your point, lad. It's a two and a half it's not, hour... F- it's not communism, though, is it? It's a fucking two and a half hour <laughs> film, Kyle! It's a £250 fine. It's not communism, Alex. I know it is. Do you know what I mean? For at, God's sake. At the worst, it's... Are you, it's at the worst, the film should have been called Have You Been Inconvenient? <laughs> like, there was nothing to do with communism. And then the beginning song is... Oh, honestly, the intro. Oh, is the music copyrighted? I... I feel like it's not copyright. Under, oh, I don't know. Maybe. I Whoa. think it might be. Go is on it, listen. Is, just, everybody, just go on YouTube and just watch the intro. Or Alex Wibbs, if you're fucking listening, you need to see this. <laughs> you will piss yourself. But practicing communism was a fail. Big win. A big win on the show. Kyle, I want yes. you to tell everybody about your relationship with the football. The relationship with the football. With football. The football. football. The game of football. The game of football, the, the sport of football, the entertainment for yes, football. Yes. The business as well, as I've recently learned. Um, yeah, so I supported Manchester United since I was very young, but I sort of fell out of interest with football uh, and sort of got more interested in esports and whatnot. Uh, yeah, if anyone knows what that is, well done. And uh, yeah, I just sort of, sort of didn't, wasn't really interested. And then I moved to Manchester where football, football is life for a lot of people. It's a very, very prestigious football history here. And uh, yeah, and also being with you as well has got me interested in it again. It just in the in the 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 behind the scenes kind of way that it operates is very interesting. It, it's funny. Uh, Kyle asked me the other day, he said, I've never realised football was a business. And obviously anybody who's been following football the last 30 years of it, I mean, it's always sort of been that way. Um, as you saw in The Damned United. Mm-hmm. Great so film. I showed Kyle The Damned United the other night, so we got a few of my Brian Clough references. Well done, Paul Smith, by the way. Um, 
what did you think of the Damned United? As someone who doesn't really... Because I was, I was thinking, I was trying to... At first, I was giving you quite a lot of context. But then I, re I remembered that when I first watched the film, I must have been about 15, 14, 15. So I had no fucking clue who Brian Clough and Don, Re Don Revy were. I, I hadn't a jar of glue. So I, I was like, oh, no, actually, watching it blind will probably be quite good. What did you think of it? Brilliant. Absolutely. It was a great film. as well shot. The, the way they st uh, stuck true to the story was pretty good. Although, you say there's some controversy there. So, the, there's, basically, The Damned United is more about Leeds than it is about Brian Clough. It's more about how Brian Clough became manager of Leeds than it is necessarily about Brian Clough because they, they, they do... Oh, well, I don't know. The... the they spend a lot of the film portraying Brian Clough as like a big cunt, but he's a. And when the film came out, his family were a bit upset because it's based on a book, and I can't remember if the film or the book upset them more. Okay, okay. I, no, I think they were quite happy with the film. I think they were happier with the film than they were the book. Right. But I think they were still a bit pissed off. There's a bit of controversy because the Leeds players all insist. That speech when he's in training, when he's telling them all to put the trophies in the bin and that, they insist, like, uh, I watched a thing with uh, Billy Bremner, um, and he, and he, like, in this documentary, he's like, yeah, he just came in and told us, all oh, we need to fucking throw our shit in the bin. And it's not how you do it. But, like, there's people in Brian Clough's family that disagree. There's actually a very good documentary on YouTube about Brian Clough as well. I can't remember what it's called. I think it might just be called The Story of Brian Clough, but it's absolutely fascinating. And, uh, yeah, I, one thing that I, re I was talking to Mike on the phone about this, as you may remember, everybody from the Big Punk Show, Mike and Jamie, before COVID, <laughs> uh, I was chatting to him about how, when I was watching it with you, obviously we sit with our, you know, film studies heads on and fucking have a chat about what's going on in the film and how it's like, been made. Mm -hmm. And I've never appreciated how beautiful that film it's is. very good looking. Jeez, it's very good looking. Some of the shots, there's one shot where um, he takes the, he kicks a football and then the, the the chairman of the club yeah. walks over and is like, why have we spent all this money? But it's the way the shot pans in and then uh, the the pause until the guy shouts at him. And it's just it's just very well done. Shots like that, which is a lot of moving parts, very mechanical, very difficult to pull off. And they managed to do it brilliantly. There's the one where he's, uh, when Leeds are coming to play Derby for the first time and he's sweeping the corridors. Yes. All of that, when he's putting the oranges and stuff and the ashtrays down. Yeah. That's one thing that's so funny watching that film that I'd forgotten about. Football players having a fucking fag at half-time. Oh, my God. Different like, times. It's interesting because, like, my granddad, George, he loves sport. It's, that's all he's, you know, George is, like, as... My granddad, George, this is, not just my mate. My granddad, George, is, like, as working class as it comes, like... Just go to work, love the sport. That's his hobbies, the sport. All sport, running, cricket, football, rugby, just fucking love sport. So, so like Manchester United through and through, sort of like proper just how you brought up, like growing up around here. And he talks about that when I, I'll chat to him about football, which is one of the, because my granddad, he's not very, you've met him, he's not a very chatty person, no. but I can always communicate with him about football it really bring it does bring families together football actually and uh, if you ask him who the best player of all time is and he just says George Best like there's, he's like you know you say oh what about you know Raoul or what about Messi he's just like George Best you know, do all of them it was different different back then and my granddad always says he was like he was like well what back then footballers were normal they were no normal they were like people they were people who were very gifted and now it's like football fo footballers are like this 
Because you think about musicians, right? You think about a big band. You think about the Foo Fighters, yeah? I guarantee you more people know who fucking Wayne Rooney is than people know who Dave Grohl is. Absolutely, yeah. Like, there's people that just aren't asked about music. There's a lot of people that aren't asked about football. Predominantly, people are asked about football. When, if you go on holiday... Or when I was younger and we went on holiday and you say, where are you from? You say, Manchester. First thing they say, Manchester United. <laughs> or it used to be. They'll say City now. But they used to just straight away, oh, Manchester United. And then you'd have to explain you're a Newcastle Do they ask fan. you who do you support? Yeah. United or City? And then you're like, uh, Newcastle? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I spent my, my whole life. I get asked that all, my whole life. But uh, yeah, just like, I don't know. There's something, there's something about, obviously, football in them days was, you know, even worse for racism and scrapping them it is today there was a lot of downsides to it and you know you've seen the fucking footage as well yeah we just i just read an article to have a guy who got a dart thrown in his face at a football game in the 70s yeah exactly so you know it was it was a different time but there's something very british and charming about imagining a like imagine just imagining a footballer at half time having a fag (laughs) there's something like there's there's something you can really connect to about that as like a as a you know obviously if you're a smoker, but just as a person that's not a footballer, right? Yeah. Footballers these days, like you know, they're fucking top level athletes. Mm-hmm. They can all fucking run. They're all fucking like they've got all got immaculate bodies. They've all got beautiful legs. They're all incredible. Yeah. And it's and they just get paid insane amounts of money, like more money than fucking pretty much any musician makes, more money than most actors will fucking make. They're getting paid just insane amount of money, and it's like it's this for me anyway. If if I was a kid, like it it'd be this like extreme pedestal. Like this extremely unreachable pedestal, it would feel so alien and just be like, "Oh God, you know, they're all like such celebrities." And it kind of did, but I mean, oh, actually, maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe maybe this is is still prevalent because uh, when I was younger, like looking at Alan Shearer, you know, Alan Shearer was obviously a fucking superstar, but I, I don't know, like they just feel more like normal people. They just and it, yes. and that feels very connectable to me. Yeah. Like you know, again, like they just. Having a fucking... I don't know. I just get... I, I don't know. I've obviously just got an affinity for having a fag, haven't I, Kyle, at the end of the day. But I think it is. It's charming, isn't it? It is. Yeah, no, I understand where you're coming from. Um, it's like football... Like, nowadays, they are pretty much attuned, sort of like, you know, every single part of their body is... Or every single part of their life is, like, attuned towards just being perfectly fit. I, I read a I read a thing on Talksport. I can't remember what player it was. It was a former Arsenal player talking about when Arsene Wenger became manager, and Arsene Wenger was possibly don't quote me on this the first manager in England to introduce like a nutrition plan and a full on diet plan for the players. That's quite late. I would have thought. Wow. This is what I. That's exactly what I thought because it so you know sort of the nineties. But I'm like, wait a minute. So. We're fucking footballers just literally having a game of footy going home and having pie and chips. That is literally... That seems to be the case. Mate, that's what they'd fucking do. That is what they would like do. desperate Dan. I'm like, that's sick. Imagine that. Imagine fucking winning the World Cup and going having a kebab after it. I mean, that's my... Surely they'll get... If they win the World Cup, I think that they should be allowed. You should it's be. like, nah, you get your, your, your lettuce and your... 
your croutons eat it. It's the, I, I'd love to see what the fucking diet and nutrition plan at Newcastle United is with fucking Steve Bruce managing. I'd love it. I'd love nothing more than if, like, there was one old arsey manager that managed, like, a big club. But this is the kind of thing fucking Graham Sunez would probably do. And he just shows up one day and he's like... He's like, yeah, we're not doing a fucking diet plan anymore, lads. You, that's not what's happening now. No more nutrition, none of that bollocks. You fucking, you go home, you have, you, you have a steak and ale pie. That's what you have. Put a bit of beef in you. Give you good power. Good power in a tackle. And just completely throws it back. But it, uh, there's a documentary we should watch, actually, about sort of but what goes on behind the scenes at Man City um, that's meant to be sick. We should probably watch that. What, what do you find, like, what is it about the, the background stuff that you find so interesting? Uh, just the the kind of the amount of working parts behind football, and also what also really interests me is that the corruption that is apparently quite prevalent as well. That's very interesting to me. The the FIFA association and you know is basically just like a big corporation. I like Manchester United is a corporation or it has a corp, like a corporate arm that owns like flats and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like I always saw football as like a sport. I didn't see it as a way to to you know grow a really successful business it's like oh yeah let's just invest in football it's like an it's like a an entire game plan in a way of business i mean mike ashley makes most of his money from newcastle united oh no i mean he makes a lot from sports direct but he makes so much from newcastle united that he doesn't want to sell the club he would sell the club for 350 million pounds but he like makes money off it like there's a lot it, it is bizarre like this is it, i've been chatting about this for weeks on the show the the way that football is at the minute, like, obviously, top-tier football, obviously, you watch, like, FC United, it's not like this at all. But top-tier football now is, it is so much a business and it is so much a market that it just sort of takes the the, the sort of sting and the fun out, out of it a bit. A quality player these days is, like, 50 million quid for, like, an all-right, decent player. Like, Gilfie Sigerson, he's not world-class. Fifty million pounds. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Bought when when Fernando Torres got bought for fifty million pounds by Chelsea. I couldn't believe that, you know. And then when you've got fucking Neymar with two hundred million pounds. Killing Mbappe is probably he's like the next Neymar. He's going to be the next huge transfer, and it's just like, oh, it's very hard to enjoy this with all this money being pissed about, like when you fucking go into hospital, when you go to hospital and a hospital's grim and you're like, Michael Owen's got a fucking lovely house. Mm. Michael Owen's house is probably worth more than this hospital. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's very challenging that. Footballers have, uh, I think, was it something like they wouldn't take a cut over coronavirus or something like this and then they're reinvesting that into like buying testing kits for the NHS or something I heard? The, a lot of footballers have, I think, voluntarily done it and then there's been a bit, there's been a lot of drama with clubs uh, following members of staff because they don't need to because they've got the money so they're like obviously they're taking government money to, yeah yeah yeah, but yeah, they, yeah. They, which is, football, could be used elsewhere yeah but football clubs generate so much money but the debate has come saying that well actually football clubs need to be playing football to generate money you know TV you know I imagine that overheads are high well yeah because I mean you know if you've got footballers earning fucking 70 grand a week and then all of a sudden you've not got any match day uh, you've not got any ticket sales from your stadium, you've not got any shirt sales from your stadium, you've not got any fucking TV rights because there's no TV on. All your transfers that you've had planned, you don't know what you can you don't know what's fucking coming or going. You might have had a player worth sixty million quid you were gonna sell. 
and this would be the time of the season, you know, April season coming down to a close now, you'd be looking at selling him. Now, you know, fucking, who knows when football will be played again. I think they think, like, June or July, I think I remember seeing it saying. But um, it's going to be very interesting to see how they end the football. End the football. And as we talk about ending the football, it's time for us to end the broadcast. <sighs> Kyle, would you, like to, would you like to sign us off as it's your birthday? Uh, wash your hands and uh, stay safe and uh, go watch The Damned United if you haven't already. Great film. And support uh, UK independent films. Take care. Bye-bye.